Hey, this is In My Humble Opinion with Chaz Douglas. I got a very special guest. I got Kristen. Chris is a 10 Prince. How you doing, Kristen? Thanks for coming on. Hey, Chaz. How are you? Happy New Year. Yeah, Happy New Year. So I want to start with this. You know, I know you you listened to the last one, so, you know, I'll be kind of like starting off with with something that's kind of cool about my guest. So I'll say... If you would have told me in 2018, 2019 that you would be one of my closest friends or somebody I'm real cool with, I wouldn't have, you know, I wouldn't believe that. Um, just, bec- you know, just for the listeners, I know you don't really, we ain't going to dive into it too much, but, you know, it was a woman I was dating that, you know, didn't get along. Y'all didn't really get along like that. And so um, I was you you and I were always always cool, so that was an issue with us, with her and I just, you know, not you not being cool with her or whatever, y'all not being, you know, cool. And yeah. um it just kinda made conflict with her and I. So then eventually I just you know, I guess could have been you know, I could have set boundaries like, you know, I decided to kind of you know, appear that I wasn't cool with you or I didn't like, you know, not, I ain't gonna say didn't like, but you know what I'm saying? Like it was just a distant, it was just kind of cold. And, um, just because she didn't like that, you know, not that we, that I would, you know, celebrate you or praise you like that, but she didn't like that, you know, the, the work relationship that we had. And so, Uh, you know, over the pandemic, that's when we kind of like, you know, chopped it up. I went over there. We talked, you know, after finding certain things out, we went, I went over to your house and we chopped it up. And, um, you know, it, it just went from there where it's like we, you know, we built a like a genuine friendship. Like, you know, you, you know, you I know, your, you know, I met your family and and, mm-hmm. you know, you know, we if you sick or if I'm not doing well, like we, you know, we support each other and you know, with mm-hmm. our careers and relationships and, you know, even just with the podcast, with the business and stuff like that. And so it it did become a, a, a great friendship. So I do, I am glad that we reconnected to where, you know, we can be friends now. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Yes. Yeah. You know, it's always open to, um, you know, building that. I viewed us as cool. I, I I could read the situation, so you know there there wasn't any beef or anything. Um, and you know if there was an issue, I believe even prior we had a conversation about it. But yeah. um, certainly, <laughs> certainly I'm happy for us to um, you know have come as far as we have and really you know gotten to know each other. And as you said, it's a, a valuable friendship. You know yeah. where we support each other and yeah so. yeah but and so i you know i'm gonna get into what we what we gonna discuss that it but that is also a question i was thinking about though it's like what is the balance like if if i'm dating somebody just like exclude you out of if i'm if i'm dating somebody or you're dating somebody like what is the boundary when if that man or woman that you're dating has a conflict with somebody else like what do you think would be because it's like was i wrong for like being that one because i was like you know um, I, you know you get what i'm saying like what's because I, I, yeah, I, totally I think you've been in a position like that 
I, I have. I actually was going to just uh, <laughs> kind of add my perspective to that. Yeah. Um, so I think that, of course, boils down to setting boundaries within your relationship, right? Um, you and your partner have to be willing to have those conversations and not just once, but, you know, more than once than need be. Um, but at the same time, I think it does come down to respecting each other um, and respecting those boundaries. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe a matter of, of loyalty, you know, yeah. so were you wrong? No, I mean, that person and their issue with me, I don't really feel was founded, but I mean, you yeah. were with that person. And so, you know, that's, that's understandable. I mean, there, I, I wouldn't expect for you to continue to cause discord in your relationship, you know, for yeah. that. So I feel like, you know, for the most part, the boundaries that were set within us being cool, you know, um, at that time were due to that. And I understood that, that, that wasn't, yeah. An, an issue for me um per se now in in my experience i've been in a relationship where that kind of was a thing as well um there was a coworker, and um you know that person like that i wouldn't say they didn't get along but the the man i was dating at the time you know didn't feel the word i'm going to use is secure um yeah. you know with me talking to that other person Mm -hmm. now that other person is kind of who introduced us ironically enough you know they they um kind of you know you know was just kind of communicating between the two of us and kind of was encouraging a little bit of a connection um but as time went on you know he felt away, you know, and it's not like he would say, Oh, I forbid you to talk to that yeah, person, yeah. you know, but you can certainly tell that it would create a little tension, um, you know, between the two. I think, um, you know, that goes down to, you know, maybe the nature of the relationship. I think if you had a relationship established with someone before you got into that relationship mm. it may be more of a red flag if that person's gonna walk into your life and kind of dictate well you know i don't want you talking to this person mm. now the caveat could be though if they sit you know come to you and they sit down with you and say you know what i don't really like you talking to Susie, or it makes me uncomfortable when you talk to bill because I don't like the way this person treats you X, Y, Z, you know, Mm -hmm. this is what I've seen. And, you know, I think that the person is not respecting you or they're using you or, you know, that type of thing. I think if there's a genuine reason for that, and especially if that reason is concerning you, and sometimes we need somebody with an outside perspective to, you know, especially someone who has an outside perspective that cares for us and, mm-hmm. and loves us. And there's an established relationship where that person is saying, mm, you know, I, I don't, <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah. really think, you know, when you're around Mary, that you're your best self or, you know, I see some things that concern me, you know, when, when Aaron talks to you because, you know, it seems like there's a little bit of. Yeah, you know, yeah, resentment there or jealousy or envy or something that you know could be preventive, uh, preventing that relationship from being beneficial or you know, um, positive. Yeah, that that's that's a good point. 
before before we begin, I do want to give you an opportunity just because, you know, similar to Aisha, like you have um, education experience and, and you know, uh, expertise in like mental health and psychology, you know, the, the mind and everything. So can you tell mm-hmm. the listeners like what's your what your credentials are just so it, because you're not just going to be just talking just because this is what I this is what Christian thing like you have like credentials and, and expertise in mental health and, and social work. Yes, yes. Thank you. So um, my current title is a licensed clinical social worker. So I have a master's degree in psychodynamic social work in clinical practice. Um, I have a bachelor's degree. I guess I kind of did that backwards. But I have a bachelor's degree um, in English and uh, psychology, a dual degree. So you know, I've been in education um, for the last, let's see, since 2016, eight years, eight years um, now in education. And um, I was in the mental health world doing therapy and uh, clinical practice for three or four years. Um, and then prior to that, while I was in school, I worked in foster care. So I've gotten an opportunity to, you know, see a lot of things from a, a, a lot of perspective. Um and spend a lot of time dealing with these populations. Um, but I do have some experience working with adult populations as well. Um, yeah, yeah. And substance abuse uh, specifically. Yeah. yeah. And then go ahead and, and say what school you graduated from, too, because I know that, you know, <laughs> go ahead. I, I graduated <laughs> from undergrad from the, the University of Michigan, Ann Arbor, for those yeah. who Maybe wondering. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I just wanted you, I mean, just because, you know, Michigan will be playing uh, for the national championship. Yes. Monday, yes, yes, so yes. I do want, yes. yeah, I want you to represent, you know, go blue. So. Go blue, go blue. Well, thank you, Chad. You know, always representing my, um, my Wolverines. But, you know, shout out to Wayne State. Uh, did graduate from Wayne State with my yeah. uh, master's degree. So, you know, shout out to the Warriors as well. Yeah. So, what what what's your uh what are some signs someone can look for like if they're um dating somebody that you know dealing with some some mental health challenges like because that those are you know sometimes people just don't know you know what to look for and, and some signs that it's like okay I might you know need to reevaluate this relationship set boundaries or whatever they need to do to make sure that that relationship is successful Right, right, right. And I think I will start that conversation by just, you know, maybe putting that caveat with dealing with mental health challenges, Mm -hmm. because I think when we say that it kind of puts a little bit of that stigma um, unconsciously in there. And, you know, it'll put people on the business. I'm not dealing with mental health challenges When, when anybody and everybody can and will at some point deal with a mental health challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, but just sometimes that language, you know, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Be a correct, little... <laughs> correct. I'm, yeah, I'm fine with correct. You know, you can correct me on the, the language or, you know, the top, you know, labeling. Cause I don't want to, you know, be offensive or anything. It was, you know, just, a... yeah, no, certainly. I, no, I didn't take it that way. I don't think you, your aim is to be, um, offensive. I just think, you know, maybe it reaches people more broad, if we take away that, you know, that kind of 
targeted language that says, oh, this person was dealing with mental health challenges. And I know we'll delve into that a little deeper as we maybe touch some on personality disorders, because yeah. that that's a major thing, mm-hmm. um, you know, within that sphere. Um, but anyway, I think that the thing to look out for, certainly, and, and again, people can definitely be dealing with mental health challenges, mm-hmm. okay? Um but the thing to look out for, maybe some of those red flags are, you know, listen to people, what they're saying. Uh, when you start dating people, you know, you go in with an open mind. Right. But mm-hmm. a lot of times I think we don't trust ourselves. You know, we don't always trust ourselves when our mind tells us something doesn't feel good to us. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that's important because everybody's situation is is a little different. You know, now that's not to say that just certain bad behaviors are not universal, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, if, if you're coming into a situation and maybe you're dealing with somebody who, let's say, has a bit of a reputation, um, maybe you're a young woman and, you know, you're just starting to talk to a, a gentleman who is an athlete. Mm-hmm. Right. Or he's um, and he's got some position that, you know, people may know who he is. Um, mm-hmm. who he is right. And so, you know, you've heard some things. He's He's been around. Yeah. Um, so sometimes when we go into situations like that, we may have a preconceived notion about that person. Um, but we also have to be realistic with certain things as well. Um, you know, there's a delicate balance because there's a saying in my field, you know, the best predictor of future behavior is past behavior, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So we can kind of know the road that things are going down by looking at where, you know, where we are now, Mm -hmm. right? Um, So I think that's the most important thing in the early stages of dating, be open to getting to know someone But be mindful, again, on things that don't feel good to you, things Mm -hmm. that, you know, feel like "Mm." if you have to ask a lot of people. Right. Now, it's a difference between, you know, having a confidant, you have a close friend, you have a a relative, a parent, um, you know, somebody that you trust and who you run things by. and You discuss those things. That's not what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. But if you find yourself you know, having a lot of unsure conversations about what to do next or trying to interpret a certain behavior. What does this mean? Oh, you know, that didn't happen. What does that mean? What should I do with this? You're just kind of consistently on that unsure footing and always trying to get an opinion or trying to get some help. I think that can be a red flag, Mm, right? That's good. Yeah. You know, because you you move with confidence when something feels good to you. Now, that's not to say that, you know, you can't get in things. Some people are known to be in love with love, right? Mm-hmm. Or that one of our buzzwords, I think, you know, in pop culture is love bombing, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, and so our understanding of love bombing is, you know, oh, this person checks all the right boxes. This is, you know, a part. This is everything I've been looking for and more. I can't believe this. Um, and typically, I think let, let's talk about love. I mean, let's let's talk yeah, about that one that. because I think that's a big 
um, red flag? Mm. And how do we tell the difference between love bombing and somebody just being good to you, right? Mm. Somebody who's into you and and they're respecting you and they're treating you right. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that love bombing again is going to be accompanied by some of what I just talked about, what we just mentioned. That unsure, you know, mm-hmm. that uncertainty. Um, you know, you it it feels good to you, but there's a part of you, you know, in your heart of hearts, you don't trust it, right? Mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. maybe again, a big thing of with love bombing is too much too soon. Yeah. Not a, yeah. It's too. It's yeah. typically too much too soon. So what allows people to proceed through it is, I mean, it feels good. It's an ego boost, right? You know, yeah, I just met this guy, but you know, he tells me, calls me every day. He thinks I'm. He tells me I'm so beautiful. You know what I'm saying? So we've been talking for you know two weeks but he wants us to fly to europe and mm-hmm. you know we're gonna go on this trip and he and i mean it, it, these are real life yeah. scenarios and yeah. extremes for some people right yeah. Yeah. so but but a lot it's not uncommon that as that story unfolds right it's that saying it, it's too good to be true mm-hmm. right yeah. so i think there has to be a balance there if it looks like somebody's doing too much then there's probably it, it could be something that they're trying to cover up or trying to overcompensate mm-hmm. for. Nah, and good. so, yeah. right. So that's worth at least a second thought mm-hmm. again. So there's a delicate balance. It's not about going around trying to be hyper vigilant or paranoid. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I, I, you know, I dated Adam when I was in the, the eighth grade and, you know, he broke my heart. So anybody that looks like that or mm-hmm. sounds like that, no, I don't, you know, that's a little extreme, right? I mean, so we, we have to find a balance. We don't want to be paranoid. We don't want to witch hunt people. Mm-hmm. You know, this person's a narcissist. That person is a sociopath. This person is a gaslighter. Mm-hmm. Um, it certainly exists. And, you know, I think the way that society is, is headed, there's a reason why it's so prevalent. But even still, statistically, everyone that everyone dates cannot be a narcissist, right? It's yeah. just not possible, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So if someone did some, if, if someone's doing something that doesn't feel good to you, going back to earlier, just in the most simple terms if it doesn't make you feel good if it's something that makes you feel uncomfortable if it's something that makes you unsure of yourself right Mm -hmm. i think the first level and the first thing to do is to bring it to that person Mm -hmm. right you're dating that person this this is the early the phases of dating that we're talking about i believe right because that's when you want to kind of pay attention to certain things and I mean, of course, you want to remain aware throughout the entirety, you know, but obviously as time goes on and we feel like we're establishing trust and a bond with someone, we start to let certain guards down and and all of that. So, you know, everything is unique um, to individuals, but there are certainly, you know, just guidelines I think you can kind of look to. So again, that that first red flag that we're talking about, that love bombing, that's a huge piece. If it feels like it's really, really over the top, if it feels like it's almost just a little uncomfortable for you, but you're going to second guess yourself and try to convince yourself, oh no, but this is what I deserve. No, this is right. Oh, I've never had anybody treat me like this. I've never, you know, this is exactly, oh, you know, in the first few weeks of dating, we're talking about soulmates. We're saying, I love you. 
red flags. Those are those are signs of love bombing. Mm-hmm. Now, that's not to say that there are not people who, you know, dated for a month and went and got married and it didn't last for 20 years, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. 30 years, 40 years. But I would venture to say, per, and, and my personal opinion, um, that that is the exception and not the rule. Yeah. yeah. Right. You know, so, you know, those are things. And, and, and again, before any of those red flags and as you proceed, you got to be you, you have to be aware, but you also have to be self-aware. Mm-hmm. Right. Because if not, if we go into every relationship, well, these are the, the red flags I'm looking for. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. this is what's happening. Then I think sometimes we get so wrapped up in that we're not looking in that mirror. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we're not able to say, okay, but what am I bringing? As you know, as some of the infamous folks say, what am I bringing to the table? Um, but you know, what do I bring to the table? Good and bad. You know, what baggage do I bring to the table? Mm-hmm. What 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 um, meal? You know, what spread do I bring to the table? But you know, both. Um, I think we have to be willing to examine that in ourselves, in as much as we're looking at that in potential partners. No, I think I think that's a good point because, you know, like I think a lot of people, or I should say people can just look at the person that they're with or other people, but they don't they don't examine themselves and take accountability. And that's one thing, you know, I, I know, you know, you and I talked about a lot is, you know, you got to you got to look in the mirror, you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. you got to make sure that, you know, um you you know, if you get yeah. into something you can't just yep. say, "Hey, you know what? I was I didn't know anything. Like you knew something because it's different red, like you said, there's different red flags that you that you just ignore. And then when it comes, you know, comes down to this person being, you know, X, Y, Z, you know, being this bad person or this, you know, they letting you mm-hmm. go. It's like, mm-hmm. well, they did kind of show you some things. You just didn't, you know, see it. You know, I mean, you just yeah. ignored it. So. Yeah, I think yeah, that yeah. self being self aware, I think that is, you know, uh, just important as, you know, examining where the person you're with. Um, when you talk about the like the love bombing, that's is that that's just usually like too fast, too you know, too much, too fast, right? Like that, you're just doing big things, you know, and it don't have to be it don't have to be trips or anything, but like you know, the first week you get in you know, flower. I mean, I guess that's, 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 that's not that bad, but you know what I mean? Like, it's just too much. Well, too. It's, it's not about, yeah, there you go. It's, it's not about something being bad or not. I mean, because remember like in the love bombing phase, it's not, it's not going to look bad. I, the love, and, and to some degree, <laughs> I think this applies universally, right? When, when we get into relationships in the beginning, it's not uncommon. Everybody's going to put their best foot forward, right? Mm, yeah, so, yeah. so we're not 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 to be confused with just the normal people yeah, just kind of yeah. you know putting their best foot forward mm. in the beginning of the relationship, and then as time goes on, you know, it's like people get a little comfortable. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean they're a bad person. It yeah. doesn't mean they're a love bomber, a narcissist, a yeah. like you know yeah. any of that stuff. It just could mean they're just being a normal. Mm-hmm. you know that's kind of gotten comfortable in things and maybe not trying as hard as you know and, and, and i mean right that that even happens to the best of us you know sometimes hey we start a new job right so mm-hmm. <laughs> those first few weeks months 
depending on where you are, maybe even year, you know, year or two, uh, you know, on that job, you're like, you know, I got to put my best foot forward. You know, most people yeah, you have a, yeah. a decent work ethic, you yeah, know, yeah. you're going to do that. Mm-hmm. But you've been at that job for five, 10, 15 years. <laughs> we see people get comfortable, right? Yeah, they yeah, yeah. They're not necessarily doing the same thing. Now, there are always exceptions to the rule, mm-hmm. but, you know, I'm just kind of, you know, using that as an analogy. Um you know, because I think it applies. So there's a little bit of that I think that's going to be normal to a relationship. So yes, uh, I, to go back to your original question, I think that is kind of a caveat with love bombing. It is extreme, and it's extreme because it's designed to pull you in. It's designed to test your boundaries, yeah. right? Yeah. Because it is extreme. Mm-hmm. So when people are doing those things, they are testing your boundaries as well. Mm-hmm. Um, like you said, it doesn't have to be a trip out of the country. That's yeah. a more extreme example, right? Yeah, yeah. But, you know, it could just be something that's not your normal. You know what I'm saying? Maybe you don't, you know, maybe your typical standard is that you have five phone conversations before you meet somebody if this is a blind date scenario mm-hmm. or an yeah. online dating scenario, yeah. right? But, you know, this person comes in fast and furious, you know, so you guys matched on the dating app and, you know, you talked on the phone, you had two conversations, but those two conversations were 10 hours a piece. Right. (laughs) So they're 10 hours a piece. Usually I'll talk to the guy five times because that's where I feel like my comfort level is. But this guy, you know, he said all the right things. We were just laughing and having a great time. So I'm going to kind of change that standard. I'm going to go out on a date with with this guy after just the two conversations. Mm. Now, that's a very simple conversation. It's not good or bad. I'm not saying, you know, but just to give you an example, okay, it's just something that maybe isn't the normal way you move, but something about this person felt like, "Mm, okay, I want to do something different. Now, again, that could be a serendipity that could be a match that could be somebody who you do really end up having a a, an exceptional connection with Mm -hmm. and you move forward so that's just one thing again we're looking for a series of things we're kind of looking for a sequence of things i think in love bombing you'll see that things just start ramping up again there's always that lingering of just this feels too good to be true Mm -hmm. this this feels too good to be true. Or this feels like my soulmate. This person feels like my perfect match. I never could have imagined this. This is everything I wanted. Again, you know, I'm not saying that that can't happen. But when it does, it's just something to be aware of because it could be some love bombing going on there. Could be. And, and that's like to clarify something too. You said is a like it's a sequence of events. It's not just one mm-hmm. thing. So I think that, exactly. that that does you know give more clarity of clarity on what it what love bombing is. What about mm-hmm. what, what's your like what's your experience or knowledge on um, gaslighting? Because I know a lot of people do you know mm-hmm. they 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 are yeah. victims or they've been involved in that. Gaslighting is another buzz, uh, right? Yeah, that is. Word. Yeah, that's another buzz <laughs> word too. So, like, give give it like would it give some examples or give give your understanding of that compared to like? Because do you feel like some people may say somebody's gaslighting and they don't really know the the true definition or with a, uh, an example of what gaslighting is? Yeah, 
Oh, of course. I feel like with most of these buzzwords, of course, people hear them. And going back to what I said earlier, when something doesn't feel good to you, um, it's human nature, some of us more than others, but it's human nature to kind of want to put a label on that, to mm-hmm. kind of put a stamp on that and understand, I, this doesn't feel good to me. So what what is it that doesn't feel good to me? What does this look like? What can I call it? What package can I put it in so I know next time not to pick up that package? Mm-hmm. So to a certain degree, that is a, it's, it's healthy, right? Because yeah. we want to be able to identify something so that we can learn and avoid it later, like the baby in the hot stove, right? Mm-hmm. You know, the baby touches the hot stove that one time. Hopefully that's enough. You know, the baby no longer goes towards that red burner because they know the last time, ooh, I, you know, that yeah, felt really, yeah. really bad, you know? And I still got the bruises, you know, proven mm-hmm. on my hand or the scar to prove it on my hand from when I got burnt. Um, so gaslighting. Um <clears throat> So that term actually comes from a movie. It's uh, a movie. Hold on. That's a little older. And in the movie, the man didn't want to be married to his wife any any longer. But this wasn't. I want to say it was in the forties or fifties. Oh, um, it was real I'm old. Not day. looking at it right now. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, and. Give me one minute and I will actually look up. It is from 1944. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that movie came out in 44. So this wasn't a time where, you know, they're just running down to the courts to get divorces from marriages yeah. and things, you know. And this apparently was a man of means that, you know, was the husband in this movie. But anyway, he's married to um, a woman and he doesn't want to be married to her any longer so my understanding is the synopsis of the plot and so in order to get rid of her he wants to make her feel like she's going crazy so at that time they had the gas lamps you know and so he would tell the woman that he was leaving you know for the day like say I'm telling you I'm going to work in the morning Mm -hmm. you know but instead of actually leaving, I'm hanging out in the basement somewhere hiding. And then, you know, he's going and turning on the light, but she's thinking, oh, he's not here. So who's turning on this light? You know, so she's telling him, well, you know, this light is coming on such and such. And he's saying, well, huh? That's not possible. You know, Mm -hmm. how could that be? Um, I'm off at work and no one's here. Uh Uh-oh, you must be you know, seeing things, you know, mm-hmm. that is the root of where gaslighting, um, where that term comes from and is designed to do just that. It's designed to make you lose your bearing, um, to make you think that you're crazy. You know, I know I, I, I could have sworn you said this on this day when we were talking about, I never said that. Mm-hmm. I never mm-hmm. said that, but you know, that person said it. Yeah, I never said that. And a lot of times it's your word versus theirs. Right. So um, gaslighting oftentimes does involve lying, Um, you know, and it involves maybe some forms of lying, Mm -hmm. manipulation, those types of things. But it literally is it's designed to make you feel like your reality is not it's not real. That Mm -hmm. you're going crazy It's to disarm you. So, okay, they do that. What, What do they get from that? Okay, they okay. Well, now that you're now that if you fall for that, or if you're if you're the victim of that, what can they do? Like, what does that do for them? 
So gaslighting is just a major, uh, it's a, another defense mechanism to not take accountability, right? Oh, I mean, that's all gaslighting is designed to do because I don't have to be accountable for something that you're saying I did and I'm telling you it never happened. Yeah. So is, is, right? you, is, you, is usually something that the person brings to their attention that they did you know, that they didn't like or that was offensive and yeah, they just, typically. okay, okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Typically right. because how, how, how would we fix something that I won't even acknowledge, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's designed to make you feel like not only crazy, but yeah, just feel like maybe your thoughts are irrelevant. They don't matter. You can't trust your own thoughts. You can't trust your own perception, right? Because somebody's telling you that what you felt, what you saw, what you witnessed, what you heard, didn't happen. Mm, okay. It's meant to disarm you. And, you know, gaslighters, gaslighting is typically a device that you will see um, used by so-called narcissists, right? Because that's mm. another buzzword that we yeah. have. Um, but anybody um, that's really avoiding taking accountability because mm. um, I've seen a therapist prior, you know, even being in the field, that's something that, you know, we should strive to do and, you know, just to keep ourselves in, in balance and, um, you know, seeking mental wellness and mental health um, and keeping that intact. But anyway, I've seen my fair share of therapists. And, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> and so one of my therapists would definitely make that distinction that, a gaslighter is not, you know, necessarily a narcissist or um, a sociopath mm-hmm. or a psychopath. However, they do use that methodology. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's other other uh, pathologies that will use that. Um, for example, a passive aggressive. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody who uses who's passive aggressive because again, remember. All of these things are defense mechanisms that are designed for us to not take accountability. It's a defense. It's a psychological defense. And so what they call narcissism in the DSM, which is our our diagnostic book that we use in mental health, um, in that book, they consider personality disorders as something that would, you know, just kind of affect your personality. So narcissism is something that falls under a personality disorder. Mm -hmm. So that's not to be confused with something that can be more acute, like a mood disorder. And Mm -hmm. acute just means something that you're dealing with for, you know, a brief and limited period of time, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas a diagnosis that that's chronic is something that is ongoing. Okay. So anytime that you're dealing with a personality disorder, well, that's going to be something that's chronic and ongoing because that is something that is a part of your personality. It's, it's manifesting. It is how you operate. It's your persona. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's different things. So, again, the one that's most used that we hear, well, the two that are most used are narcissism and sociopathy. Right. And those will fall under what we call cluster B personality disorders. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. And so those, again, narcissism is, is used, but there are other uh, personality disorders that fall and have very similar traits that fall mm-hmm. 
in that category. Um, and the other ones being borderline personality disorder, histrionic personality disorder, narcissistic personality disorder, and antisocial personality disorder. Mm. And when you break down antisocial personality disorder, those are typically people you will hear to refer to as sociopaths and psychopaths. Okay. And and so everything occurring on a spectrum those are typically going to be your most extreme cases where you know psychopaths you know okay so mm-hmm. when you're when you when you see these you know these behaviors and and uh events like what are some some suggestions or what what recommendations would you give to a person to you know to to have either to get out of that those relationships or to mm-hmm you know, make it to where they are in a healthy relationship? Mm -hmm. Um, I wish that, you know, there was like a magic pill or, you know, (laughs) magic bullet. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the best way I can always put it is that you have to do the work. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, you know, that work, again, going back to what we started out with, when you're looking for these things, when you're you know, getting into a relationship. And as you continue to build that relationship, you're constantly examining, you're constantly looking, you're being vigilant. Okay. How does this feel to me? What, you know, does this feel good to me? Does this not feel good to me? And blah, blah, blah. Okay. But I think sometimes where people uh, let up a little bit is that self-awareness, right? And that mm-hmm. self-monitoring. And like you said, we need to call Michael Jackson in because I need you to look at that <laughs> man in the mirror, you know, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, because that's a part of it. Anytime that you're in a, a relationship and that doesn't even have to be a romantic relationship, but mm-hmm. just an interpersonal yeah. relationship, a diet, as we call it in sociology, um, it, it takes two people to be in that. Mm-hmm. So how the dynamic of that relationship has everything to do with how the two parties play off of each other and how they interact. Mm -hmm. So if there are things that are considered red flags, then we need to look into those a little deeper. Is this something that I play a part in? Mm -hmm. Is this something that I can sit down with this person and, and, and discuss and talk about and, and we can remedy this, Mm -hmm. you know, is this something that I'm doing? Yeah. Because it's not uncommon and it's easy for us to see on the outside. Mm-hmm. You know, you'll have people complaining, well, you know, such and such is doing this and you're always doing this and I always get guys that do this and you're looking like, hmm, yeah. <laughs> you know that you do the same thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> right? You know, and a lot of times that that's what it is. If, if we repeatedly get into these things, right? We're always attracting bad guys. We're always getting played. Mm-hmm. We're always getting cheated on. You're always getting a woman who who's considered a gold digger. You're always getting used, right? A lot of times what that will go back to, almost every single time, you're going to find that at the root of that self, right? Because you're the only person that control, can control your own actions, right? Mm-hmm. So we have to take accountability and we don't want to just be a victim because being a victim is an external locus of control. That's not that internal control, mm-hmm. right? We want to take our power back. We have to examine and say, okay, what am I doing? What am I accepting? Because you may not be doing anything. You know, that so-called mm-hmm. narcissist empath relationship is, is really that. It also can be called a codependence, mm-hmm. right? What we call empath sometimes, you can also call them codependence. 
it just depends on how you, you know, what perspective you're coming from, but you'll hear these terms interchangeable a lot. Um, and, and you'll call them codependence because a lot of times they lack boundaries, mm-hmm. right? So that's that one thing I was going to go where it boils down to. You you got to set boundaries. The boundaries need to be fair and you have to exp- really be honest with yourself on what are those boundaries? What are the boundaries that you need? What are the boundaries that you need to feel safe, loved, respected? And in kind, what are those same boundaries that your partner needs to feel safe, loved, and respected? I got a I got a question because I know we we talked about individuals that aren't self aware, mm-hmm. you know, like they they keep, they they might fall into the same, you know, they might like you said, you know, they have the same guy or that you know or mm-hmm. the same woman. What mm-hmm. like how do you if you don't have it how do you get it? You know what I'm saying? Like if if I've always like if I don't see that I'm doing that, how do I see it? I, that's, that's a good question, Chad. And I can't say that I have the answer, but what I would, is that <laughs> I would venture that it's a lot like faith, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Somebody who doesn't have it, how do they get it? Um, You have to want to, it's something you have to be open to. You have to be willing to look in the mirror. I mean, who, who's going to make you do that? Now, sometimes life does, right? For for those who are wise, when we hit enough bumps, we burn ourselves enough on that hot stove, <laughs> we kind of will take that into consideration. We'll evaluate some things and then we'll we'll re- redirect our plans. We'll move mm-hmm. differently, right? Yeah. But if somebody keeps making the same mistake, again, another cliche, they call that the definition of insanity, mm-hmm. right? You're, you're repeating the same behaviors, but expecting a different result. Yeah. So that comes down to that person hitting their point um, in substance abuse and recovery. They call it rock bottom. Yeah. Right. And sometimes, especially if we're getting into these relationships, like some people just have a habit of that. I, and listen, I have, I have been in a series of bad relationships and I, and I can be that girl who mm-hmm. can say, you know what, I've dated a lot of the guys, they got different looks about them, but it could be the same guy, yeah. right? So when that happens, then after a while, I got, oh, well, you know, this guy was a narcissist and this guy did. No, their behavior wasn't good. Yeah. But the only thing that I could do was take accountability for my part. Well, Kristen, why are you allowing this? Mm-hmm. Why are you engaging in this? Why are you this not? Why are you now being involved in these relationships where their be- bad behavior is affecting you and you're displaying bad behavior? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You have to take accountability. You know, I, I have family members. Mm-hmm. That that do the same thing, you know. You've been in one drama relationship, you leave that, and now you're in another drama relationship. Yeah. You get into a, a fight, and you know, oh, I'm in this, and then a week later, you're right back, mm-hmm. right? It's about setting boundaries. Yeah, and it sounds like you know, it's it's some people it seem like they might like they'll find out too late. You know what I mean? Like, you know, especially, and it's unfortunate for some women because, you know, just because the childbearing age is like, you know, you you got to X, you got X amount of years to really get it if you want to, mm. especially if you want to have a family. 
And so, yeah. like, you know, you might have some women and, you know, even, even you know, me, you know, men in that too, where they just, mm-hmm. ne- they just don't get it and they won't get mm-hmm. it or they mm-hmm. get it and it's like, okay, it's, it's too late. So it's, it's, it's really, you know, and, and that's one of the things that I've been doing and you, you know, mm-hmm. you, you, you know, just talking to you over the years, like you helped me where it's like, okay, I got to look at myself too. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I can't just be, you know, I can't play the, I'm not going to play the victim mm-hmm. or um, just blame the other person. It's some, you know, it's some things that I need to do different. And it's some things that I can't, you know, you know, cause I don't like blaming anybody anyway, unless, yeah. you know, unless somebody just really did you, you know, they just was a, a, a bad person, but you know, yeah. um, I take a, you know, I take accountability cause I know, you know, you, you, you put yourself in that position. So mm-hmm. I, it's just like I, I was just thinking. It's just, sometimes it's just unfortunate because you got some people that they they they're gonna always do the same thing because they always play the victim. They never take it. They yep. never take accountability. And, and you said it right, right there though. That that's the consequence of that, right? Because mm. get, uh, guilt, blame, shame, all of that. Th- that's not solution oriented. It's not action oriented. And I'll tell you that in therapy, right? That mm. that stuff is not action oriented. It is victim oriented, right? So it puts you again in a position of not having control. Your the control is external. That that control is located outside of you. It's it's located within everybody who's done you wrong, right? And and typically that victim stance is accompanied by somebody with an entitled attitude. Mm. So mm. when you are entitled, you just feel like things should be. It doesn't lead you to want to explore what can I do? How can I do this? How can I take control? So that's what the accountability is about, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it, and it's okay. I, that's not telling you that you shouldn't operate with a conscious. You should. Yeah. But when you're operating with a conscious realistically it's all about taking accountability it's all about being self-aware and it's about saying you know what i'm a human so i make mistakes and this right here was a mistake Mm -hmm. okay but i can ask for forgiveness and moving forward i'm going to do some things differently so that we don't end up in this in this position again Mm -hmm. right and that's all we can do you know so that that's solution oriented if you're going to be accountable and you're going to make those um assessments of what needs to be done you know um and what needs to change then that's a growth mindset and i think whether it comes to relationships whether it comes to your career work Mm -hmm. family whatever it is if that's your mindset you're winning yeah Uh, one of the things i i ask therapists and you know uh, counselors that i know is like Mm -hmm. What do you, you know, what do you all ask people, you know, when you, what are some general questions they ask, you know, their clients or the, the people they see and they say they ask them about their childhood is mm-hmm. not taking ability, not, not taking accountability. Is that something that should be taught when you're a child just so you can, you know, because if you don't oh, learn it, then, then absolutely. You, you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So here's the thing, right? Um, And I'll put this caveat out there again. When I went to school, I have a bachelor's in psychology and then my master's um, in social work was leaning towards the psychodynamic perspective. So Mm -hmm. saying all that to say I am a child of Freud, that doesn't mean that I agree with everything he says. Mm -hmm. It just means that, you know, I come from a psychoanalytic perspective, which is exactly what 
you know, that perspective does, right? It, it digs into childhood and it's always going to be kind of a little bit of that nature versus nurture type mm-hmm. of a, um, of a discussion there too. Um, but absolutely. And when we're talking about personality, your personality is, is formed in, in childhood, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, so that's why, like, even as, as when we're diagnosing as a clinician, we strongly avoid and discourage diagnosing children with like a personality disorder. Mm-hmm. So say, for example, schizophrenia, that is a personality disorder, right? Mm-hmm. We won't diagnose schizophrenia typically until somebody's a young adult and late adolescent. Because that's typically when you start to see the signs of that. Now, you may see some things earlier than that, but they'll call it something else. We may look at a mood disturbance or, you know, things like that. Um, So saying all that to say, we do believe, and there's not necessarily 100% agreement on that, I think, within the profession, but the general consensus is definitely that that is developed in childhood. So when you're looking at things like, because I told you before, all of those cluster B personality, any personality disorder is largely a defense mechanism. And when I say a defense mechanism, we talk about psychological defenses. That's to shield your brain and your mind, your memory from trauma, Mm. from something that you perceive as a trauma. Because we all have trauma. We can't look and tell the next person what qualifies as a trauma mm-hmm. to them and, and within their life, right? Yeah. So there are things, you know, on a, on a spectrum and a continuum of things that develop that. But a lot of times, yes, it has everything to do with that. And, and, and just to make things, you know, just to put things in simple terms, uh, typically it's like, one extreme or the other. It may that be that extreme where maybe this was the golden child, they can do no wrong, they were beyond reproach. So mm. if you were never held accountable, you were beyond reproach, there was always an excuse made, then it's no surprise that you're going to enter, you know, go through your childhood and enter adulthood and, you know, maybe even go through adulthood not being accountable and feeling entitled, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but there's also, you know, the other extreme. Um, people who experience what could be considered extreme deprivation or neglect, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Where those basic needs were not met. And so they've also constructed a world and a way in which to get that. Mm-hmm. And so that those needs were never met. So a lot of times you'll see where they, it's, it's an elaborate device for them to get what they need and know they can't consider what you need or what anybody else needs because that it just wasn't developed that's a higher level you know that is something that you kind of have to develop on a higher level mm, um okay. you know empathy and and understand because that that is a part of empathy to understand how something is making someone else feel mm. to understand how your behavior and your actions impact someone else that's empathy I want I want to go back because uh, you know when we talked about you know being being self aware as mm-hmm. well as you know maybe having those conversations with that that person that may be love bombing you or gaslighting you what mm-hmm. what would you say is uh, a way you can communicate effectively with them uh, if y'all in a disagreement and then what when do you feel like is a is effective communication and it's healthy with the which 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 are you know trying to resolve a conflict and when do you feel like is 
I need to just pull out. I don't even need to engage with you in this conversation because it's not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. When do you know you're um, having a healthy or like a a, a, a a conversation with this person that, you know, you have a conflict or you have a disagreement and mm-hmm. how do you know is if it's healthy and then or that you're coming to a resolution and how you know that you should not be engaging in this conversation? So... Uh, the the first indicator that it's probably not a healthy conversation is if folks are yelling, yeah, if we're yeah. insulting, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> if we're fighting, yeah. right? Because if even if, let's just stick with yelling, right? Like mm-hmm. we're yelling at each other. If we're yelling at each other, that's a prime indication that each person is so busy trying to be heard, trying to make themselves heard. They're not hearing the other person. So. Yeah. In the heat of the moment, I don't recommend ever doing that. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, conflict is inevitable. Yeah, so, yeah. of course, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, the moment you hit conflict, that means you're just not compatible with that yeah, person. Yeah. Not at all. <laughs> not at all. Um, but what it does mean is, okay, let, let's let's back down for a minute. Um, and, you know, sometimes people have different methods of being avoided. So maybe that's something you need to be aware. If your partner is constantly avoiding an adult conversation, an accountable conversation, or you yourself are Mm -hmm. avoiding it, Mm -hmm. then it's a problem. Now, I don't mean, you know, okay, we kind of got into, you know, things got a little heated. You know, we had a disagreement and we decided to, you know, cool off and you know go our separate ways for a few hours and talk Mm -hmm. later or even the next day Mm -hmm. that's not what i'm that's fine and i think that would be healthy because a lot of times when you're upset and in your feelings you're going to be more impulsive you know what i'm saying you may be more inclined to say things that are hurtful to the Mm -hmm. other person Mm -hmm. um you know just you know your behavior may be just a little bit less composed because you're in your feelings Mm -hmm. you know um, so, you know, I, I definitely encourage people just kind of going to their corners and cooling off a little bit and then really coming back and having a conversation, you know, Hey, we got into it yesterday. This was our first argument, you know, I'm just using a random example, but yeah. this was our first really heated debate and I didn't like that, but you know, this is what happened and this is how it made me feel. Mm-hmm. You know, okay, and then it should be a helpful, uh, I mean, a healthy discourse, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. a dialogue. Yeah. It shouldn't be a soliloquy, it shouldn't be a monologue, it yeah. shouldn't be a lecture. Mm-hmm. If one person finds themselves doing that, then we got a problem. Mm-hmm. Because the other person has probably shut down. Mm-hmm. And so if you're the person who's not saying anything, you need to explore that. Am I able to say anything? Do I feel safe in this conversation being able to express myself? Do I feel like I'm going to be heard? Mm-hmm. Now, if you can check yes to that and you're still quiet, then you might have to dig, okay, do I have the words to communicate? Mm-hmm. Am I able to communicate in a healthy way? Can I put words to, to how I feel? Can I healthily identify my emotions, right? So again, this is part of self, self-awareness. If you're the one who finds out you're doing all the talking. <laughs> mm-hmm. What's going on there? Yeah. Am I doing that because the other person shut down and I feel like I'm trying to pull things out of them? Or am I doing that because I'm really only concerned about me and the way I feel and, and me, me, me? Mm-hmm. 
you know, or am I the only person that has language? So uh, again, you know, it could be a, a myriad of reasons for these things, but I think that's what leads to the healthy um, conflict resolution is, you know, some of those things discussed. Can we get to the bottom of this? Can we talk it out like like loving adults? Yeah. Right? Yeah. And move forward. And move forward, though. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's, that's a big thing. I do want to say that because it's easy to fall into that trap. And again, I'm speaking for myself, okay, as, as well as others. It's easy to fall into that trap. So again, that's part of being self-aware. We can't get into a disagreement, sit down, have a conversation and say, okay, it's water under the bridge. We're moving on. And then the next time we get into a conflict, then you're throwing it in that person's face. Mm-hmm. You remember when you did such yeah. and such and you know, <laughs> you know, we don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also though, if we, if we discussed it and we supposedly came to a resolution and we're good, but now to, twice, thrice, we're going down the same road, that person told you they're sorry and they're back to doing the same thing. Mm. Yeah. Actions speak louder than words. So mm-hmm. it's that original thing that I said. Both of us have to establish within our dynamic, within our relationship, what boundaries are healthy for us and what makes us feel safe, protected, heard, secure, mm-hmm. able to trust, Right. That's the type of language we should be able to use. And if we can't use that language and we need to figure out why. And, and is this a healthy scenario? Is this something that that's really for each? Are we good for each other? Oh, that's good. That's good. I got so I'm I'm curious to know this. And I, I, I asked this to Aisha, like when you having this background, does that does that give you some type? Do you feel like that gives you an advantage when you're dating? Got me. I would say it's an advantage. Um, and I, I believe she says this too. Sometimes it, it can almost be a disadvantage. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, because sometimes people will use that against you, or even if that's not your intentions, they may feel like you're trying to psychoanalyze them, or mm. you know, they may psychologize them <laughs> or shrink them. <laughs> and, and sometimes you are. So that's something that that I have to be mindful of because. Mm. Um, you know, I believe Aisha said this and I wholeheartedly agree. You know, you are not your profession. Yeah. You know, yeah. you're you're not your career. We're still our own person, you know, outside of that. So, you know, we need to be able to see people. You're not always just being jargony and technical technical and psychoanalyzing people and you know, <laughs> using people that you care about as your case study. Yeah. Um <laughs> you know, so um you know, the advantage though I will say is yes, I do think that it gives you a good advantage if you use that, but again, that's for those of us who are self-aware because there are plenty of us who call ourselves clinicians, therapists who are in the field and who are not self-aware. Mm. And don't operate ethically. And I, I don't consider that operating ethically if you never gotten any therapy yourself or never addressed any of your issues because we're human too. Mm-hmm. And and a lot of us come into the pre- into the profession because we're trying to figure out what, what we got going on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or maybe what we've been through. Or, you know, I mean that that's a real thing, you know. Again, none of us are perfect. So um I think 
if you approach it even with that, I think your partner can respect that. I think where it's going to become a bone of contention, and rightfully so, is if you're placing yourself on some type of pedestal or something. Well, you know, I'm a therapist, so I do know mm-hmm. wrong. You know, yeah. I'm psychoanalyzing you, and you're the problem. You know, yeah. because that's totally that's totally so un- unself aware, mm-hmm. right? You're not aware. And I think anytime you place yourself on a pedestal above your partner, um, that we're going to have a little bit of an issue at some point. Yeah. Somebody's going to have a little bit of an issue. So would you say that if you do it, it's more, it's just a habit of you like analyzing people or do you think you just like, do you just turn it off and turn it on when you're working or seeing a person and you know, you know, compared to when you're dating someone, like, do you just turn it off when you're like at home? Um, I mean, I don't think I turn it off. I mean, it's just something you know that has shaped my mind. I mean, you know, just like you just have to know where to put it. I think you have to be able to compartmentalize. Nothing should just be the end all be all you know what I'm saying you have to be well rounded and well balanced I mean that's like saying you know an accountant if you're married and you're an accountant that you're not going to be an accountant when it comes time to do taxes I mean that's that's your preparation you know that's your background so that you know you're gonna and, and rightfully so if you're doing what you're supposed to do then you know as a couple I'm an accountant this is my area of expertise so we should be good in this area mm, yeah. <laughs> you know yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And what? I think you just respect that. And if your partner can respect it, as long as you're not being overbearing and you're not, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, that's not, uh, your partner should feel, feel safe that sometimes you can turn that off. And, mm-hmm. and I can just talk to my partner. I'm not talking to my therapist. I'm not talking yeah. to my psychologist, yeah. you know. What 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 um what's some, what are some qualities you like? Because I know you want to get you know that's a goal or that's something that you would like you know to get married. What are some qualities you're looking for in and you're in a husband and a good man. So for me, uh, personally, because I definitely think that's a very personal thing, right? I, I think that there's yeah, no yeah. one size fits all mm-hmm. in that um, because I, I know, you know, we can talk about gender roles sometimes um, mm-hmm. and how that pertains to, to marriage. Um and I, I mean, you know, I can't be, you know, I, I think that's being disingenuous if I pretend like that's not. Of course, that's going to affect, <laughs> you know, whether it's even if it's in a homosexual relationship, that still will, you know, affect the relationship. Um, but, you know, I won't speak from that perspective um, because, mm-hmm. you know, I can only speak from the heterosexual perspective. Um, but for me, personally, what I would look for is you know, someone who is emotionally um, intelligent, mature. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, I like um, I like intellectual conversation, mm-hmm. you know, things that I feel like are stimulating to my mind. So that's something I enjoy. I enjoy like experiences. Um, so I would look for a partner who is financially secure and stable enough that we can enjoy those things. I mean, I'm, I'm no spring chicken at this point. <laughs> I have a child who's almost grown. So, um, you know, hopefully we, my goal now would be to, 
be able to travel, experience the world, experience things. I love to eat. I love art. Um, you know, I'm just, I'm into all of those things. So, you know, for me being with someone who doesn't really like those things is going to be, and, and actually I've experienced that in a, mm-hmm. in a previous relationship. Yeah. Um, I like to travel. I like to go out and eat. I like to maybe catch a comedy show here, a concert there, you know, just mm-hmm. those are things that I enjoy. I have always, since you know, growing up since I was a teenager, these are the things that I'm used to and have always done. So if it's someone that isn't into that, you know, they kind of just want to stay at home and, you know, not do those things. That's probably not going to be somebody I'm compatible with. Yeah. Um, I'm also open, you know, for me, someone who, you know, and and this could change because, you know, I'm not going to afford these doors very soon. So if it's someone who is willing or wants to start over and have a child, I have maybe a couple year window. I understand I don't have the final say on that, but Mm -hmm. (laughs) as far as I can, as I can see, there's a a very rapidly narrowing window for that. Mm -hmm. But Outside of that, that that's something that we can uh, work out. But, you know, if I were to meet somebody tomorrow and, you know, were to go down that route and that person did not want to have any more children at this point, I wouldn't say that that's a deal breaker for me. As long as we can um, come together and enjoy each other, support each other, enjoy each other, build those experiences um, and, and stimulate each other. Support each other because, I, you know, like I said, any any relationship, any diet, any any time, and especially, you know, I have a teenage child. I, I would expect, you know, that it's likely that somebody that I'm getting with now probably has at least one child themselves, you know, um, and and I'm okay with that. But anytime we're talking about blending families, you know, we're older and those things, those, you know, those are things that have to be considered, and you know. Um, you have to have some flexibility about yeah. you. You know, it's interesting because um, you're the, you know, you in in the in that field. Like I had a there, I recorded with a therapist, another therapist after Aisha mm-hmm. this week, and okay. she said something similar as far as like emotional intelligence or being aware of their emo you know being a, you mm-hmm. know em, em, emotional management or something mm-hmm. similar to what mm-hmm. you said so i think that's i mean i think that i think that's part of that advantage of being a you know a therapist or a counselor mm-hmm. is understanding that that's something that is successful you know if you have that it will help your relationship be successful yes 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 Excuse me. Now, while, you know, in in our field, of course, there are going to be some people that just, you know, are not self-aware. There are mm-hmm. people that fall into the cluster B spectrum themselves. I mean, you know, it's like anything is going to be divergence. Um, but I will say that it's not uncommon, you know, for in our field for people that are going to look for someone who's emotionally intelligent, like mm-hmm. you said, or, or something like that, because, if we're going to go down this route and deal with this, it's probably not something we shy away from, you know? So you have to be with someone who's willing to, to delve into that, who accepts that and who's okay with that. You you also, you know, mentioned a little bit about like the gender roles, 
Like, what are some, <laughs> what, well, like, what's your position on, like, the gender roles and, you know, something that you may feel like you're looking for a man to, to be in position to do and something that you might be like, no, nah, I'm not really, you know, I will pass on if, if they're not up to being able to do this in, as a man. So gender roles, let's see. <laughs> it, it's, it's, and it might it's not be, tricky. I mean, it might not be, let me not say, maybe it's, I wouldn't, you know, gender, I may not say gender role, but it's like, cause it's been, it's partner been, a, roles. huh? Yeah. Maybe like, more yeah, like partner, partner role. Yeah. Because my thing is, you know, cause we talked a little bit about the, the Simone Biles and, you know, the the funny thing is I I don't even know the guy's name. Is his name Jonathan Smith or something like that? But anyway, <laughs> you know, but he said something. Mr. Biles, his name is Jonathan Owens, but oh, okay, everybody okay, is jokingly okay. referring to him as Mr. Biles. So. Yeah, because it, it was like, it was funny because it's like, I mean, I don't, I didn't know him like that. I knew that mm-hmm. she was with a NFL or I just knew he was a football player. I didn't even know if he was NFL or, you know, mm-hmm. you know, semi-pro or what he was doing. Yeah. But I just know it was like we had a conversation of, on it seemed like certain things have been uh I don't know, it seemed like, you know, some men have, you know, cuz he was he referred to himself being the prize or being this red dime or something. I don't know what he said. I mean, you, you yeah, know exactly. I believe it was a, a pretty red dime. Yeah, something. I mean, it's like it was a little he bit. Did, he, he referred to himself as being the prize and the catch. Yeah, so it, it was just kind of like it seems like sometimes the way we look at things can be a little bit different. You know, like because mm-hmm. I'm the opposite. I think you know, and I and that was one thing that I appreciate you is like I come to you a lot about like, Hey, what you think I should, you know, it's because I'm pursuing this woman. Or I'm a, you know, I want to talk to this, this person It's like, what, what do you think? Like from a woman's perspective, like I come to you a lot more than you would be like, Hey, Chaz, what do you think about this? Cause it's like, I'm want to be on point when I'm pursuing her or when I'm approaching her or when I'm in this relationship and trying to, you know, um, do better. So what, what like, What's your position on like some of the how the roles may have changed, and then you know what are you looking for, you know, like your husband to do? Mm-hmm. Um, so you know this the conversation about like traditional gender roles and how they affect relationships and and marriages and um, such and so forth is definitely it's, it's a complex one, right? Because mm. Uh, you know, from my perspective, society is it's, it's always changing. It's constantly mm-hmm. changing, um, and and things are going to evolve over time. You know, maybe some people consider it devolving, but whatever. They're they're going to change over time. Things are going to look a little different, but the more things change, as they say, the more they say the same too. So mm-hmm. there's always going to be certain constants. Um, I think that we're in a bit of a conundrum now because we do see women really um, progressing. I, I hate to say this, but at a higher rate than, than their male counterparts, right. Mm-hmm. And at a faster pace. Mm-hmm. So um, a lot of women, you know, I know one of mine, I say this very cynically, uh, one of my favorite, uh, <laughs> one of my favorite podcasters that is, you know, no longer with us, uh, Mr. Samuels. 
<laughs> he he used to speak a lot, you know, to um and, and, and in a in a denigrating, cynical, sarcastic way, you know, he had one of his little sound effects was a woman, uh, a, a sound bite of the woman saying, I'm a PhD, right? Mm-hmm. And so he was using that to to kind of put her down. Mm-hmm. Um going back to the Simone Biles thing, everybody has their opinion on that. My personal opinion was that that wasn't a good look. Mm-hmm. Um, again, you know, gender roles and things are changing, but even from personal experience, I, and I'm just going to go out and say it, and Chaz, you can call me if you feel like I'm wrong or if you, you know, have a, a rebuttal to that. But in my experience, um, if a woman is making significantly more money than a man, or she's having significantly more notoriety than that man. A lot of times that's a point of contention. Yeah. yeah. Right. It, mm. it becomes a point of contention. So what that interview gave, because I mean, you just said it all, right? I don't even know my man's name. What's his name? Smith? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You don't even know his name. And he married the marry her. Yeah. So when you marry, you know what I'm saying? You, he, she takes his name typically. I don't know if she did or didn't, but nobody knows his name. So, no, I don't know. I didn't, <laughs> you know? I, I'm glad you said. I, I knew. I remember Jonathan, and I knew it was like a, a you know, it was a common name. Which Owens, you say, if it's Owens, that's you know, that's mm-hmm. a common name. So I guess within that, even to uh, one of the shows I watch, um, I I was actually watching that earlier, the Ready to Love. Yeah. yeah. And one of the men on there was saying something to the effect of, well, you know, one of the the contestants on there, she's a business owner. I'm not sure exactly what her business is, but maybe I think she probably owns a hair uh, shop or you know something like that she's in cosmetology mm-hmm. but she's a business owner you know she does this that and the other so as people say she's a boss you know? yeah. right so his whole thing was well you know I understand that you're a boss during the day but you know I expect you to be home by you know a five six six o'clock boy you know and then when you come home when you come in this door you turn that boss thing off and you know you're not um you know, you know how to be a boss out in the streets, but when you come home, I'm the king and the, you know, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, well, you know, wait a minute. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so there does have to be a delicate balance, though, right? Because, yeah. you know, I, I believe he went on to kind of explain that, and, you know, because he was being called upon to explain that. Some, some of the other ladies that he was saying this around was also taking umbrage to this. Um, so, you know, again, I think there's a delicate balance. You know, things have to be within reason. Um, those traditional gender roles where, you know, I just come home and be so demure and, you know, take care of the house and you make all of the decisions and you are the king of the castle. I can't say that I would 100% go along with that because I have to go out and I have to work, yeah. right? And in this day and age, it's most likely that we're both going to be working, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's most likely that we're both going to be, and we may not be splitting everything 50-50 down the middle, 
but some some want to do that. You know what I'm saying? But whether we split it 50-50 down the middle or however it goes, we are both making an adult an equal contribution to this household some mm-hmm. some way, somehow, right? Yeah. For the most part. So that being said, if that's a position, we're working as a team. Yeah. We're teammates. So I don't feel like anybody has to shrink themselves down, whether it be me, whether it be you. You know what I'm saying? Anybody needs to shrink themselves down so that the next person can feel above or that they can feel better or this, that, or the other, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I think we need to work as a team and do what benefits us as a couple. Yeah. Right? We're Mm -hmm. one. So, of course, we're, you know, we're going to maintain our individuality. We maintain our own identities, you know, because I think Anything that you're involved in, even the institution of marriage, you can't let that just consume entirely who you are, mm-hmm. you know, because then you're not being your authentic self, I don't think, you know, um, you have to bring your authentic self to anything, but anything of value, and especially in that, and I know I didn't give you a, a direct answer as far as what exactly I'm looking for. I think the best thing I can give you is certain traits that no, I'm no, looking you for. Did. You did Okay. Okay. Good. I'm glad I'm not sure if I answered that question, but it's it's kind of hard, you know, because it's just something that that really is like we're dealing in in um, no, I think you, abstract. No, you, bit, I think you. you know? I think I think you answered it well. You know. Okay. I I was just thinking about what you you know what you were saying with the um, ready to love guy is it's like okay if you you know who, you were attracted if you're with this person you're attracted to that person you're. Mm-hmm attracted that person based on you know like you said you can't just turn it off because those qualities is, are probably why you are attracted to that person mm-hmm. so you can't just mm-hmm. tell that person well, when you come here you know take you know cut that out but mm-hmm. um and it, it's almost like you kind of showing that you don't like you feel like you need to do more or like like you're not um on her level to bring her yeah. down. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's almost yeah, like yeah. for you to say, well, you got to do this, you got to do that. Well, you know, if you, I mean, it just, it, it just seemed like you was, he was doing a little too much to say that. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah just make yeah. sure you, you, if you taking care of your business and, and doing, mm-hmm. doing what you need to do in a relationship, you know, now if she, if she's just a dominant woman and she can't, and, and she's not going to, you know, if it just doesn't work out the way you, I mean, if, if that's how she responds or how she treats you, then, then that's going to be different. If, if you feel like you don't, if she's emasculating you, then you probably do need right. to, you know, if you probably, you need to, you know, look into a different, you know, reevaluate that relationship. But it seemed like he was kind of doing a little too much with, you ain't going to do that. You know, don't do this or don't do that. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think, like mm-hmm. you said, the same thing with you saying, I don't think you need to, belittle anybody or take away from anybody mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. like you said he he ain't he was he's not gonna want somebody to take he doesn't want that to be taken away or whatever makes him him take that away from him when they're together so you know exactly. I, I wouldn't exactly. want to you know minimize or take something away from you know whoever i'm with and you shouldn't have to dull your own sh- own shine or minimize yourself to to build your partner up or mm-hmm. or you know what I'm saying aggrandize them. And I think 
you know, that's kind of the red flag we're even seeing with the whole Simone Biles situation, mm-hmm. right? It's given that my man felt insecure, that he felt like he's not seen because, okay, you do this interview and that's, and, and even I, I think that's kind of what started the whole thing was the interviewer asking him, how did you pull Simone mm-hmm. Biles? Yeah. So instead of him saying, yeah, man, you know, I got a meal, you know, I got a prize yeah. here. Yeah. He, the, the first thing he's wanting to do is, well, oh, no, no, hold on. She got me. Mm-hmm. I'm the prize. I'm the, that's something that comes from a place of insecurity. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, you know, we should both be good together. We're a couple. We're we're good together. You know, you're a prize to me and I'm a prize to you. I don't see it, anything wrong with being each other's prize. Mm-hmm. Because I, I don't think, to be honest, I don't think it's any less cringe when women do that either. You know, mm-hmm. if, if this is your partner and this is somebody who you... Now, and it's not uncommon for women to to maybe just, oh, you know, he was on me. He tried for a while and I wasn't paying any attention. Okay. But then if you take it to the next level, you, you know, because I, I really wasn't thinking about him and he <laughs> pursued me and he yeah, did... Yeah. What, what really is your point? Mm-hmm. How do you really think of this person? Mm-hmm. It's giving that you feel like you are above this person, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. That you that you could have done better. Mm-hmm. Right? And ultimately, that's going to... There's always going to be insecurities there if any either partner feels that way. Mm-hmm. Right? So... We, we have to feel like we're equally yoked. And I think in order for us to feel like we're equally equally yoked, we kind of got to be equally yoked, yeah. right? Yeah. That doesn't mean that, you know, if I got a PhD, you got to have one too. Yeah. Or, yeah. you know, I have a, an MD, then, you know, and you got to be a jurist doctor or anything. No, nobody's yeah. saying that. But you do need to have a similar drive, mm-hmm. right? You may, you may not, you may have graduated from trade school. Yeah. Yeah. But you got your own own business where you're an electrician and you mm-hmm. you know, because hey, the skilled tradesmen make excellent money. Yeah. Yeah. But in my experience, if you don't have the educational background that I have, you're not making the money that I'm making or any of that, then it does become a point of contention. You feel away. Mm-hmm. Because when it comes down for me to wanna, okay, um, you know, is Valentine's Day weekend. Let's take a quick trip to Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. You know, and oh no, we can't do that. <laughs> For me, I'm almost 40 years old. If I have the means to be able to do that on my own, then that's what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm so I don't want to have to shrink myself to be in a relationship, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. And that's, I'm just giving an example with that. But I mean, you know, any, any of those things, if, if we don't have the same level of drive, if we don't have a similar growth mindset, then we're not equally yoked. No, I, I think that's good. I'm going to, um, I'm going to close with this though. So you were talking about, we talked about this recently or maybe yesterday. You talk mm-hmm. about going to the comedy show. I didn't want to, go out with I think that before you know maybe I, when you get t- 40 I think you should go out and do a, a, a set though like <laughs> Kristen is extremely funny I appreciate she that was extreme, yeah you're extreme and I know you said you want to do you know uh, amateur stand up or something <laughs> like that you you should definitely, well, maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe not 40, maybe if you do, you know, 45 or something like that, I think you, <laughs> I think you will do a good job. Like 
the and then like I said, the, the you do a lot of. I mean, you just you might have to dumb it down a little bit just because like some of your jokes <laughs> are very intellect are very intelligent. So you, but I think you should do it though. You're you you know you real you're real funny, and you have a lot of symbolic jokes, which are which I think is genius. I appreciate that, Chaz. I do. I, I'm always thinking of material in my mind. You know, I used to used to rap back in the day. I used oh, to yeah, write some, yeah, some rap songs that. and yeah. stuff. So you, you did do that. Yeah, you <laughs> so you know, we you know, I, I, I can write. So we'll see. Maybe maybe I'll ghostwrite something. Maybe it'll be somebody else uh, telling my jokes. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess. Yeah, I guess you could do that. You do that. No, no, I'm joking. I, it, it is on my bucket list, so I always appreciate the vote of confidence. I, I wow. have you in my audience, so at least, at, at, at least if I have one person laughing yeah. from my joke. Yeah, no, you, yeah, you, you got or two people because I'll be laughing. So. Oh, you like Mike Epps? Laugh at your own joke. Yeah. <laughs> oh, at least uh, somebody gets it. <laughs> no, nah, nah, I, I think you should do it. But no, nah, I, I really appreciate your time today, um, and then just breaking down the those terms and the, just the psychology of of dating and relationships. I think this was good. Yeah, I enjoyed this. I enjoyed our our conversation for sure. All right, so I'm gonna um, I'm gonna. This is in your humble. This is in my humble opinion with Chaz Douglas. I had Kristen Prince, psychology of, of relationships. Thanks again. Thank you. All right. My pleasure.